0: Outdated or possibly even dangerous drugs.
1: Are there better options? Welcome to the Access Health Radio Show. I'm Dr. Brian Forrest, and this week we will be talking about how there may be some medications that are no longer the best choice for many conditions, maybe even harmful.
0: Dr. Forrest is a board-certified family physician from Apex. I'm Mike Davis. Thanks for joining us on this Sunday afternoon. Dr. Forrest, title of today's show really catches people's attention. I'm sure that listeners will be checking their own prescriptions now to see if they're on any of these lists. So why are doctors still
1: using medications
0: that are less safe or have more side effects?
1: Well, unfortunately, the safest medications or the most effective medications are not always the ones that get recommended. Uh, There have been a lot of changes over the last 10 years in medicine. You know, one of those is that instead of physicians and patients making the decisions about what medicine is best for them, often the financial considerations or preferences of the insurance company or Medicare may have a huge impact on those decisions. And there's been many advances in medical treatments and prescription medications in the last few years with safer and more effective medications becoming available But in many cases, the higher expense of those medications has made people uh, pick more dangerous drugs. So I, I sort of have a, a litmus test for, for the drugs I pick and uh, or discuss with my patients and recommend. And it's basically, I won't recommend any medication for a patient that I would not be willing for a family member or myself to take under the same circumstances. So if the medication is not something I'd recommend for my own family, then it's not something I'm going to recommend for patients. Well, fair enough. So what are some examples of medications that might be harmful or have safer alternatives. Well, we're going to just discuss the most common medications that may have better alternatives today, and I'm going to give a, a short list, and then we're going to go into a discussion on each of those and the alternatives, but I thought it'd be helpful to just give a list up front, so if there's listeners who are driving down the road and they hear their medication in this list, they may not want to get out of the car or turn the radio off yet because they may want to hear the details, but uh, the list of medications includes Digoxin, uh, Coumadin, or warfarin, atenolol also called tenormin, glipizide, gliburide, and glimepiride with the last three all in the same class of drugs called sulfonylureas and it's interesting that most of those drugs have also been used commercially as poisons <laughs> either to kill rats or mice or as an herbicide to kill plants you are just making stuff up now <laughs> no no i'm not you uh, wow. you may have you may have heard about some of these on the farm report
0: <laughs> wow all right doc we're gonna get to that but right now time for
1: the access health tip of the week well the tip this week is especially relevant to our show today because it is incredibly vital that listeners understand that they should never stop or change one of their prescription medications without first discussing it with their own physician just stopping some medications can be dangerous and result in strokes and heart attacks if they're not if it's not properly done or if it's not traded for an alternative so it's very important that listeners understand that they should not alter their own medication regimen unless they first consulted their own healthcare provider about that. Wow, that's scary. Some of these drugs
0: could be used as commercial rat poisons. Wow, I'm still still digesting that, no pun intended. (laughs) After the break, Dr. Forrest will go into more detail on the medications he has mentioned and give you some suggestions for alternatives to talk with your physician about. Welcome back to Access Health Radio. I'm Mike Davis with board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest. We are talking today about outdated or possibly even dangerous drugs that you might even have in your medicine cabinet right now. I'm anxious to hear, as I'm sure listeners are, about these medications that should be avoided and, uh, maybe more importantly, what some of the alternatives are, Dr. Forrest.
1: Well, first, let's uh, talk about digoxin. Uh, This is a drug that was first developed in the 1930s. It comes from a plant called foxglove. Uh, You know, you might have that in your garden. Uh, It has been used for years to treat heart arrhythmias, including uh, atrial fibrillation. However, recent studies have shown that a person taking digoxin's risk of premature death, which literally means dying early, increases by about 21%. Uh, Even worse than that, if you were taking it for an irregular heartbeat, uh, you had a 29% increased risk of dying. Prematurely, Um, patients that took it for heart failure also had a significant increase in early death. So there are lots of alternatives to digoxin now that are safer. Uh, Some physicians will use a class of medications called calcium channel blockers, things like diltiazem, and others use medications like beta blockers for these type symptoms. Uh, But the bottom line is there are safer choices in modern medicine, and some of those alternatives are actually safer and they're generic and fairly inexpensive uh, that can be used to treat the same conditions Uh, the other downside to digoxin is that because it can be so toxic most patients will have to get their blood levels of digoxin checked to make sure it doesn't get into those really toxic levels
0: Dr. Forrest, if people want more information after the show about uh, some of these medications or they want to find out more information about your practice, where can they go to find that?
1: Well, after the show, they can listen to an on-demand podcast at WPTF.com. We will also have links to that on our landing page at accesshealthradio.com. So if you miss something on the show, you want to go back and listen to that, or if you have a friend or family member that you want to hear part of the show, you can always sort of refer them to the podcast, and they can hear it later. Uh, if if listeners would like information about our medical practice in Apex, North Carolina, they can go to ACC Health. That's H E A L lth.com or they can call 919-363-0190. If they have questions they'd like answered on the show uh, or they just have questions in general that they might just like an email back, they can uh, email accesshealthradio at gmail.com. And uh, it's always good if they include their other contact information uh, or any interesting sort of stories they'd like to tell about topics we've covered on the show would be great as well. He's Dr. Brian Forrest, board-certified
0: family physician. I am Mike Davis. Thanks for joining us. We're talking about dangerous drugs today or outdated drugs and what the alternatives are. I want to get back to this one, Coumadin. I remember uh, my dad took that years ago as a blood thinner. Uh, Are there better options for that now?
1: Yes, uh, Coumadin or Warfarin, as it's sometimes called, has been very widely prescribed uh, over the years. And people who have been on it, have probably been cautioned by their physician about you know eating foods that are high in vitamin K, things like leafy greens, uh, and it's because that the vitamin K makes the medication not work, um, and it affects you know it directly works on vitamin K type clotting factors. So uh, you have to be really careful about you know keeping your diet consistent when you take coumadin. Uh, what many people may not know about coumadin or warfarin is that it's actually a common pesticide uh, that's been used. For, as a mouse or rat poison for years, and uh, patients who have taken it know that they have to get their blood checked often to make sure that, that dose is in a safe range. And that's one of the the parts of the problem with this medicine is that uh, you know it's also that uh, you know that monitoring is something that costs money, and either insurance pays for that monitoring or testing, or patients have to pay for it, uh, and that can generate revenue. And so some people have been reluctant to uh, get rid of Coumadin because there's the testing that goes along with it. Uh, There are even centers in North Carolina that are are basically nothing but places to get their, their INR and PT checked, which is sort of that clotting level checked. Uh, to see if their Coumadin dose is correct. Correct. So uh, you really need to be careful about that. Uh, the newer medications uh, have been called NOACs, which basically stands for Novel uh, Oral Anticoagulants. And they've been shown by the FDA to be safer than Coumadin in terms of risk for bleeding uh, and stroke, uh, hemorrhagic-type strokes. And they've been shown to be more effective in many cases at preventing strokes or blood clots. So to my way of thinking, if we have medications that have been proven to be safer and more effective than the rat poison, right, Uh, Mm. maybe those are better choices for people. Uh, Personally, I haven't prescribed Coumadin in years. Um, you know, and one of the nice things about the newer class of medications that have replaced uh, Coumadin or Warfarin is that they don't require this blood monitoring. So you don't have to go in and get your your blood thinness checked all the time because these keep it at a relatively stable, uh, you know, level of anticoagulation. So some examples of the newer alternatives are medicines like Eliquis, Xarelto, and Pradaxa. And I would say that for most patients. Uh, those are going to be a better choice than the, uh, the Coumadin or the Warfarin.
0: Maybe it's just me, Dr. Forrest, but I think most folks would prefer to take something other than rat poison. I'm <laughs> just, probably. You know, just, even, even in small doses, right? Maybe it's just me, though. Uh, what about some other medications?
1: Well, you know, another one that uh, is, you know, I wouldn't call it necessarily super dangerous, but uh, one that, that definitely has better alternatives is called atenolol or tenorman. And this is a beta blocker that has been used for years to control blood pressure, slow heart rate, and also used for heart failure. Um, and so first, let me say that all of the uh, medications in this class called beta blockers are not bad. In fact, some of them are very helpful and safe. There's even a beta blocker that has you know, side effects that are similar to nothing, to a placebo. Uh, but atenolol uh, has been studied compared to similar medications, and it's been found to increase patients' risk of stroke by as much as 26% and uh you know i really personally don't want any of my patients to take something that's going to increase their stroke risk you know even 1% so you know our our goal is to get your risk for strokes and heart attacks down not to make it worse uh so some have tried to understand why atenolol specifically causes that problem and one theory is that although it lowers your blood pressure it appears to lower your blood pressure more in your arm where you get your blood pressure measured while at the same time your blood pressure may increase to your heart and brain you know, in the center where it actually uh, matters. So if you think about, you know, if you get cold, uh, like let's say you were outside in the snow, uh, your blood flow actually decreases in your arms and legs, but it increases in the center of your body to keep you warm. And that's sort of what uh, a beta blocker like a tenolol does. It shifts that circulation to the center of your body. So measured in your arm, your blood pressure might be normal, but measured, you know, at, at your heart level, it actually might be a higher blood. Blood pressure. Um, so, really important to, to consider better options. Uh, if you're on a tenolol or tenorman, it's, it's again something you would never stop without talking to your physician first uh, because stopping those could absolutely be dangerous. Uh, but, talking with your uh, physician about switching to a better alternative uh, that might be in the same class and give the same benefits is a great idea. You know, people who have diabetes are typically going to be better off on what we call vasodilating versions of these beta blockers. And some examples that are common would be Carvedilol or nebivolol. So those are better, especially for people again with, uh, diabetes and for patients who have lung problems like asthma, they might be better off on things like Metoprolol or nebivolol. So, uh, you know, some pa- patients use this family of medications uh, to help prevent migraines. Uh, and for those folks, you know, things like low doses of propranolol might be better. So it's a broad class beta blockers, but they're, they're very different. So, uh, you know, not all of them are bad, but uh, definitely a tenolol or tenorman is one that I think there's, there's better alternatives for now. And I just want to take a moment to applaud
0: you on your ability to pronounce the names of all these (laughs) drugs, and I think they're all done correctly. That's just amazing. (laughs) I I, I think, Mike, I've had some practice. I think I've pronounced them probably a million times at this point. What about diabetes medications, Dr. Forrest? I I know there's a whole family of older diabetes medications that used to be commonly uh, used, but uh,
1: I don't think they're preferred anymore. Can you tell us about those? Yes, there's a a family of diabetes medications. They're called sulfonylureas. Uh, They were commonly used in type 2 diabetes, especially, you know, 10 to 15 years ago. Uh, Probably most people with diabetes were on these. Uh, And they functioned by essentially squeezing out as much insulin as they could out of your pancreas. And that's the organ that, you know, produces your insulin. Unfortunately, they also were pretty tough on your pancreas uh, and appeared to make the, the cells in your pancreas that produce insulin die sooner so that your body can't produce its own insulin anymore. So, you know, the other issue is that those medications frequently caused hypoglycemia or low blood sugar. And that can be really dangerous. You know, we know having high blood sugar is not good for you, but uh, if you get really low blood sugar, that can be really dangerous as well. And the sulfonylureas uh, could cause that. Uh, and these this this class of medications has been used as herbicides or plant poisons to kill weeds. Again, I'm, I'm just not crazy about medication that also works as commercial poison. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, some, imagine. Com- right, some common examples of the sulfonylurea class include uh, medicines like glipizide, Gliburide or glimipride. So uh, those are, are in this family. And so anything for diabetes that ends in IDE might mean that you're taking one of those medicines. So there are much better options now, including Metformin, which is probably the best option for most patients with type 2 diabetes. And it's also so inexpensive that it's often uh, you know less than $5 or even free at some pharmacies. Uh, so another good option uh, these days is called the SGLT. 2 class uh, and the way these medications work uh, is they you know help your body get rid of extra sugar uh, the GLP one class uh, basically replaces a, a hormone in your body that that makes you feel fuller a lot of patients lose a lot of weight on these classes of medications which they're they're grateful for uh, and then there's another class called the DPp4 inhibitor so I realize that's a lot of alphabet soup and I don't mean to uh, throw that out there a lot of listeners are probably Thinking about all those letters, Uh, but those are you know some of the other oral medications that are safer than the sulfonylureas. Now, the downside to the medications that for diabetes outside of metformin is that they may be much more expensive because they are newer; they haven't gone generic yet. Um, and so that's actually the main reason that patients still get prescribed the sulfonamides or the older class is because they are so cheap for patients and they just don't cost the insurance plans hardly anything. So, you know, they might prefer this cheaper option. Uh, but I'll go back to what I said earlier. I'm not going to prescribe any medication for a patient that I would not feel comfortable with my family or myself taking. And I just feel like uh, we're sort of past uh, the need for the sulfonylureas. At this point. all right thanks dr forrest straight
0: ahead we'll summarize the key information about these potentially dangerous drugs and we'll have the access health radio trivia of the week with board certified family physician dr brian forrest this is access
1: health radio i'm mike davis time now for our trivia of the week Dijoxin is not the only poison that's been used as medicine Arsenic has been used to treat some types of cancer, and compounds derived from snake venom and even a lizard venom called the Gila monster have also been used for some blood pressure and diabetes drugs. The Gila monster? Really?
0: There you go. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Uh, Remember, I I, I want to tell you uh, another story off. off. I can't tell you on the air, but it reminds me of something uh, like this. Uh, What are some keys to remember uh, from today's show about dangerous and outdated drugs, Dr. Forrest?
1: First, remember that you should never stop a medication that you've been prescribed on your own. Uh, stopping blood thinners or heart medication can be really dangerous if not done properly, or if you don't replace it with a better alternative. So always, always consult your own physician before you make any medication changes. Uh, next, we've talked extensively about several medications that in the modern era may have better alternatives, uh, but I will briefly just cover this list again. So if you're taking any of these medications, uh, you should just question your physician about if there are better alternatives for you now. And that list was digoxin, also known as lenoxin, coumadin or warfarin, atenolol or tenorman, glipizide, gliburide, and glimiparide, with the last three all being from that one class called the sulfonylureas. All right, Dr. Forrest, that is all the time we have for today, which is
0: too bad. This has been really, really informative. Who knew... Rat poison
1: as medicine. Wow. There you go. Well, remember, if you need to find the cheapest prices on your prescription medications in the area, you can search for the best prices at ahdrx.com. That's all the time we have this week. Our scripture this week is from Psalm 140 1 through 3. Rescue me, O Lord, from evil men. Preserve me from violent men who devise evil things in their hearts. They continually stir up wars. They sharpen their tongues as a serpent. Poison of a viper is under their lips. Thanks for listening to the Access Health Show. We look forward to joining you again next Sunday at 4 p.m. Until then, God bless your health.